0: Hi there, I'd love to have my voice used on the air. Dollamore, you are a
1: big fucking jackass. You are an anti American, sick son of a bitch liberal. I hope you fucking drop dead.
0: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dallimore. All right, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us once again. Episode 382 of I Doubt It with Dallimore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dallimore. And seated across from me, my lovely and talented co-host, Brittany Page
2: this i feel like is one of those episodes where we um want to
0: i don't want to be here
2: yeah um it's i've i've been reading all morning stories about the shooting that happened in florida and teachers and um i've been feeling really upset so um It's going to be hard to get through this, but um, like we have done in the past, um, we're going to try our best, I think. Again. Sorry to start it off this way. I just want to kind of warn.
0: No, it's fine. Uh, We're faced again with a situation, a completely, let's not say completely, a highly preventable situation. In which a maniac walks into a school with a gun or another public place and murders people en masse? Children. Educators. When is this when is this gonna end? When are our leaders going to do something? anything this morning Paul Ryan in the wake of this I've got clips and we're just I guess we'll get to them Paul Ryan this morning I don't even have the audio it just happened he comes out and says oh well you know as far as mental health is concerned we passed a bill that's waiting in the senate no one takes responsibility for their part of this Donald Trump this morning Tweeting about how this kid had mental health issues, completely ignoring that in his systematic attempt to roll back every single Obama policy, he rolled back mental health checks for guns.
2: Well, let's let's talk about that. Because even, even that, we don't know anything about this guy in terms of what could have... Been prevented this from happening right we don't know that he was a danger to himself or others and had to be hospitalized that would have been a situation in which if there had been a mental health policy in place um, and everything had been done correctly his name had been entered in the system then he wouldn't have been able to get a gun but we don't know that anything that he did rose to that level to get him on those Registries or whatever Um, so Donald Trump tweets so many signs that the Florida shooter was mentally disturbed even expelled from school for bad and erratic behavior neighbors and classmates knew he was a big problem must always report such instances to authorities again and again now several things are wrong with this it's almost as though he's passing the torch to the neighbors and yeah, classmates. Right. It's as their though, responsibility. Yeah. As though it's their responsibility uh, to prevent this from happening. The reason this did happen is because they didn't act. Well, how many kids are expelled from school? Are you supposed to call the FBI every yeah. time you expel a troubled teen from school? How many troubled teens are out there that would never dare shoot up a school? Right. They just have some behavioral problems. He's acting as though what they expel him and then call the FBI and say, Oh, he, he's troubled. What is the FBI going to do? He hasn't done anything. Right. Other than behave poorly in school. Um, also the FBI was warned five months ago. Yeah. According to someone who saw a comment on YouTube, Jesse, um, on YouTube, someone with the username that is the same name as the shooter said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. He wrote this on YouTube. The person who saw it reported it to the FBI. Um, he interviewed with the FBI. He doesn't know if they followed up, figured out who this person was. He doesn't know what the FBI did.
0: They didn't. But I heard an FBI statement this morning. Okay. Where the guy stood up at the press conference and said, look, yeah, we we, we responded to this. And we went to YouTube. And we did our database checks. And there was no way to figure out who that was. Mm. Really? FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation. There's no way to know that this unique spelling of his name that this guy uses. Mm -hmm. Nicholas with a K, Cruz. Mm -hmm. Not the most common name Mm -hmm. I can imagine. Right. You can't go to YouTube and ask. Mm -hmm. The other thing, the other angle of this that is very alarming, especially to me in the wake of the death threats Mm -hmm. against me by YouTube. Is what is YouTube doing? Right. Allowing this kind of insanity Mm -hmm. to take place. Right. These kinds of threats, these kinds of violent machinations to just proliferate on their web space. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking problem.
2: Yeah, it's serious. But I I think going back to Donald Trump's tweet that he... He's the president of the United States. And when these tragedies have happened in the past, you see the president come out and make a heartfelt statement, sometimes a call to action, and Donald Trump opens his Twitter app and he blames the neighbors and classmates for failing to report someone. Yeah. Again, for what? I'm I'm looking for I I have made uh police reports. I have called child protective services to make reports. And it is very difficult to get any help. <laughs> yeah The police will come out if you call about something that's going on because you hear a problem going on, and they have in in, in my situation, they have lackadaisical attitudes., um, yeah. they don't really care. I mean, i'm I'm not trying to generalize this to all police, but I'm saying this isn't like a surefire method. Right. But your
0: experiences span several departments and it happens in every department you've had experience with.
2: Yeah. And this is different states. This is different cities, right. uh, of course. And I just this seems so simplistic. This you should have reported something. Well, what what should they have reported? Because, again, he used to fight with his mom and his mom would call the police. Oh, OK, how many teens are in that situation right. where they're having fights with their parents and their parents call the police?
0: let's let's cover these clips let's let's go through first let's talk about what happened at the shooting that lasted all day long some of which was a live active shooter situation playing out on television
3: breaking news you might say heartbreaking news a heartbreaking day in florida and sadly an all too familiar one 17 people are now confirmed dead we know at least three people still in critical condition after police say that a shooter, believed to be just 19 years old, opened fire at his former high school. Over and over again this year, we have seen, heard, and reported on sad and harrowing scenes like this one. How many depends on how you define a school shooting. This is the fourth shooting at a middle or high school just this year, in 2018. You see chaos, terrified students, their hands on their heads, running to safety, Frightened parents rushing to the school, waiting for word on their children. Are they dead or alive? And watching, as you see here, heavily armed SWAT teams, armored vehicles surrounding Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. According to students, it was about 2.30 in the afternoon, just 10 minutes before the end of the school day when the fire alarm went off. And that, they say, is when the gunman began shooting.
2: I heard screaming. I heard about 5 6 gunshots. We thought they were firecrackers cuz it sounded like them. We weren't sure what was used. And we heard the police yelling. We heard banging on the doors.
4: It's insane. It's it's un it's unnecessary. It's it's out of it's, it's there's no words to describe how I feel right now. Like I'm, I was shaking. I was I was
3: panicking. It was just all out of panic about the school. Panic. The school was quickly put on lockdown. This picture from a student huddled on the floor after hearing shot after shot. Police say the shots fired from both inside and outside the school. The victims, both students and adults. Many students hiding in their classrooms and closets for more than an hour until authorities were able to track the gunman down. Law enforcement sources tell CNN, the man that you see here is the suspected shooter, handcuffed in police custody. His name, Nicholas Cruz. We are told that he was taken without incident at the high school. President Trump tweeting shortly after, quote, my prayers and condolences to the families and the victims of the terrible Florida shooting. No child, teacher or anyone else should ever feel unsafe in an American school.
0: Thoughts and prayers. When is that going to get fucking old? When over a dozen children are dead in any other case in America, in a train derailment, in some kind of other traffic safety issue, the government snaps into action, presents legislation to make certain whatever tragedy happened doesn't happen again, or to mitigate, at least mitigate, the possibility of it's happening again. When children are murdered in their school, Time after time after time, we get fucking thoughts and prayers. Largely preventable incidents. You know, yesterday as we are watching this play out, Drew and I were in the office here. And on CNN, they played this. And at first, this is a video and it, it is disturbing. It is screaming. It is gunfire. They had to blur the screen. And I came in and I heard it and I watched it and I I was very bothered. I said, come on, man, you don't have to play that. And after I thought about it a little bit more, this should be played. This makes it real what goes on inside of a school. When kids are being murdered, they're being slaughtered.
1: Holy. Oh, holy. oh my God. Oh my God.
2: Holy. I saw someone today know the, bl- the bleeping of the profanity. Yeah. While people are being murdered and... Uh, that this happens, it, it just happens now. When is isn't this the like nineteenth shooting of the year?
0: Yeah, something like that.
2: So, and it's February fifteenth, um, and they have to bleep the the curse words, the naughty words that are being said when there's murder happening in that hallway. Um, it, it's just. It's disturbing. I, I, I don't understand. And everyone talks about the cycle that we get into where the tragedy happens. Everyone says thoughts and prayers. Everyone posts about it. And then we wait a couple of days and nothing happens. And then the next one happens and we all do the same thing again. So is that what we are to take here? Is that the message that there's nothing that can be done? When, when Governor Rick Scott says that this is the kind of thing you pray never comes well, didn't you do that last time? Didn't you pray that it wouldn't come next last time that you did the thoughts and prayers? It's getting rather irritating. And Marco Rubio is in the same position where he's tweeting thoughts and prayers. He even cautioned people to not jump to conclusions because we don't know the situation yet. And that's, Something that I think needs to be talked about, too, where everyone starts to look at the shooter and say, well, how did this happen? What was wrong with him? Well, what's wrong with our system that keeps allowing this to happen?
0: Right. Well, that's kind of the other thing here. This guy was 19 years old, not old enough to drink. Not old enough to walk into a casino in many places. But he can own a weapon of mass death. A weapon of war. Carry it openly. Why is this not seen as a problem? Marco Rubio tweeted, Just spoke to Broward School Superintendent. Today is that terrible day you pray never comes. Ryan Bell tweeted, ...to him and said, except we all knew it would come. We've known for years this will keep happening. Why don't you do something about it? It's kind of hard for Marco Rubio to do anything about it... ...because he takes millions of dollars... ...from the fucking complicit National Rifle Association. Along with a host of others over the course of their careers, have taken millions of dollars. Not tens of thousands. We're talking three, four, five, six, and seven million dollars.
2: Rubio is at $3.3 million. Uh, John McCain tops the list with $7.7 million. Yeah. Richard Burr, Roy Blunt, Tom Tills... Corey Gardner, Marco Rubio, Joni Ernst, Rob Portman, Todd Young, and Bill Cassidy are in the top 10.
0: Disgusting. Murder for hire. They're allowed to look the other way. They are paid to do so while our children are gunned down in their schools. This is the America we live in. Look, I've said it before, I'm not against gun ownership, in the slightest. But if you can't own a bazooka, you can't own an anti-tank rocket, you can't own a surface-to-air missile silo, why do you get to own another weapon Of war. A weapon that is designed for mass casualties, efficient mass casualties. Did we learn fucking nothing from Las Vegas? There was chatter about getting rid of bump stocks, making them illegal. And where'd that go? It went nowhere because the NRA came out and said they didn't oppose that legislation to do away with them, but they didn't support, they didn't come out and actively support a ban on bump stocks. Every little bit, like I said, when a train accident happens, they snap into action and make something happen. We could be incrementally changing the narrative here, changing the ability of people individually to possibly prevent these tragedies. Look, you'll hear people say, well, there's nothing that's going to eliminate this particular one. Well, you could do something that might end another one. You don't have to target, and and if you can't cut a wide swath and eliminate all of them, I guess we'll just sit on our hands and watch hundreds of children die over the course of the next several months. It doesn't make any fucking sense.
2: Well, and and that's what I'm getting from... The Republicans is that uh, there's nothing that can be done, basically. That this is, and I, I want them to say it. I don't want them to answer the question saying, oh, well, we've done this and we've done this, and that's it. I want to hear them say, this is the way things are going to be. Yeah. So this, this is action, how it is.
0: Without action, this is the way it's going to
2: yeah, be. Yeah. So I want to hear them say it. I want to hear them say it that, that if this is the plan, Okay, if they're not going to do anything, this is the way that we're going to live. This is the way the world is now.
0: This is the way.
1: Holy... Oh Oh, my God! Oh, my God!
0: That's not the America that I want to live in. Something has to change. Watching CNN last night. And I don't know if you know who Phil Mudd is, but he's a former FBI, former CIA operative. This is a grizzled vet who's seen some shit. He's not some mamby-pamby, bleeding-heart liberal. This is a man who, like I said, was an FBI agent, who I'm sure has been in the mix, a man who was an operator for the CIA, certainly saw some things. He talks about it in this clip. He breaks down talking about what took place in Parkland, Florida. At the prospect that this is where we are in America, while lazy Do nothing paid off, politicians, allow tragedies like this, murderous rampages like this to continue. Phil Mudd. Phil Mudd, you're hearing these uh, these accounts. What's going through your mind as someone who used to work at the FBI?
1: You think it's antiseptic. It's not. I talked to a terrorist who almost died because he wanted to blow up a weapon. A car bomb, and he was sent to blow up that car bomb by ISIS and Al Qaeda. And they didn't tell him he was gonna go blow up the car bomb. When he detonated, the car caught fire, it didn't blow up. And I talked to him after he lost a lot of his skins, his hands, his feet. I have ten nieces and nephews. We're talking about bump stocks, we're talking about legislation. A child of God is dead. Cannot we acknowledge in this country. We can't, we cannot accept this. I can't do a wolf. I'm sorry. We can't do it. Yeah. Oops. All right.
0: Uh, uh, we're going to get back to you. But you're, you're 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 obviously this is so emotional. Unfortunately, it happens all too often, and as a result, people say we got to learn some lessons. Unfortunately, lessons are never never learned.
2: So um, this reminded me of a tweet that I saw. Um, Yesterday, and it was uh, someone tweeted that every time a, a school shooting happens, that they think of this scene. Um, that I will read um, from an article when Sandy Hook happened. It Says the governor walked into the center of the room and began speaking so softly that one man called out to him and asked him to raise his voice. If you haven't been reunited with your loved one by now, that's not going to happen, he said. The room exploded in wails and tears. And um, that's when these parents realized that their children had been killed. Yeah. And that um, they wouldn't be reunited with them. And that happened to 17 parents. um, 17 families yesterday. Because he killed 17 people.
0: It it is... In the world that we live, in the age that we live, social media, and instant connectivity, it is a shocking thing to read these text messages from these kids telling their parents, thanks for all you've done. I appreciate you so much. Thinking that they're going to die. While Marco Rubio... Senator for that state lines his fucking pockets with $3.3 million of what can only be described as blood money. Fuck you, Marco Rubio, if you will do nothing to save the children in your state. You are a reprehensible piece of garbage along with the rest of the Republican delegation throughout the Senate, if they do nothing in the wake of this. But why would they do something in the wake of this when 59 and almost 600 people were injured and, and 59 people were killed, almost 60 people were killed in one occurrence in Vegas and almost 600 people injured and they did fucking nothing. Because when it's time to do something... Oh, no, it's too, yeah, it's too early. Let the people grieve. Tommy Laren on Twitter yesterday. Can the, can the liberals not wait 24 hours to let the families grieve? Part of the grieving process is to let them know we are going to take care of this as a country. We're not going to allow this to continue anymore. More lives of children in their classrooms will be safe.
2: Why is that the default position anyway? Does she think that everyone who lost their child is a fan of Tommy Laren? Ugh. Does she think everyone that lost a child is a conservative, a member of the NRA, who doesn't want this to be discussed? Why is that the assumption? Every time this happens, they come out and they say, liberals don't talk about it. What?
0: D- well, it's a delay tactic.
2: H- how do you know yeah. what the position is of these parents? What they want talked about? Don't assume. Don't start lecturing people. The default position should be Phil Mudd. That's the default position. Right. Horror, tears, grieving. Yeah. That's, that's what should happen. And it makes me think of like Jimmy Kimmel, who gets criticized by conservatives for being a quote unquote crybaby. Why aren't you feeling something? Right. Why aren't you having a reaction to this? That's scary.
0: Right now, the Senate is debating immigration for the week. In the midst of that, while the shooting was going on, Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, Connecticut, where Newtown happened, where the slaughter of elementary students, five- and six-year-old students happened, dozens of students were murdered in his state. He took to the floor in the midst of the immigration debate and said this.
4: As we speak, there is a horrific scene playing out at a high school in South Florida. Turn on your television right now. You're going to see scenes of children running for their lives. What looks to be the 19th school shooting in this country, and we have not even hit March. I'm coming to the floor to talk about something else, but let me just note, once again for my colleagues, that this happens nowhere else other than the United States of America. This epidemic of mass slaughter, this scourge of school shooting after school shooting, It only happens here not because of coincidence, not because of bad luck, but as a consequence of our inaction. We are responsible for a level of mass atrocity that happens in this country with zero parallel anywhere else. As a parent, it scares me to death that this body doesn't take seriously the safety of my children. And it seems like a lot of parents in South Florida are going to be asking that same question later today. We pray for the families, for the victims. We hope for the best. He describes very well
0: the situation we face. we are in the unenviable position of burying our children because we elect leaders who don't fucking care. Who care more about campaign contributions from terrorist organizations like the NRA than for the children, the innocent babies of their constituency. cowards is what they are
2: well and it reminds me of bill o'reilly who said that it's the price of freedom yeah right
0: the price of free hey you want to be free you're gonna have to have some of your babies killed you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet everybody
2: well and we all understand that gun un- ownership is enshrined in the constitution but is this this is how we're going to continue again i want them to come out and say yeah this is just the way it is that's
0: what well, that's what we need to hear from them yeah
2: because what what are what are we doing here every time this happens it's the same thing
0: well you know where else is free where they have freedom australia canada scandinavia france Germany by many metrics they are freer than us so fuck you bill o'reilly if you want to be free your children are just going to have to be at risk of murder of a massacre
2: well and i was i was reading about um this this 19 year old's background and he had a problematic childhood. Um, I think both of his parents died. His mom recently. But she had been um, his caretaker, it seems like, up until she died recently. Like a couple months ago, I think in November. Mm-hmm. And he had this AR-15, but it it, w- it had to be put in a case and locked. But he had the key. So yeah. there was this expectation that, oh, the gun will be stored Okay, and it will be put away, but this kid who's typing on YouTube about being a school shooter...
0: Has an AR-15 with a key.
2: Has a key to it. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter if it's locked up and put away. Right. He still has access to it any time of day, any he gets a little frustrated, any he sees something on the internet that makes him excited and starts the wheels turning. So what the hell?
0: It's disgusting. Even more disgusting is this is the response. We'll finally get to it here. And then we're going to wrap. Listen, we got a lot of voicemails and a lot of emails on other topics. Um, we're going to have to push them until next next show. But coming full circle, in light of all of this, we get a six-minute and something, so many seconds speech from, from Donald Trump, a man devoid of empathy, a man devoid of, of emotion, who gives us this address from the White House the day after this massacre.
1: My fellow Americans, today I speak to a nation in grief. Yesterday, a school filled with innocent children and caring teachers became the scene of terrible violence, hatred, and evil. Around 2.30 yesterday afternoon, police responded to reports of gunfire at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, a great and safe community. There, a shooter who is now in custody opened fire on defenseless students and teachers. He murdered 17 people and badly wounded at least 14 others. Our entire nation, with one heavy heart, is praying for the victims and their families. To every parent, teacher, and child who is hurting so badly We are here for you, whatever you need, whatever we can do to ease your pain. We are all joined together as one American family. And your suffering is our burden also. No child, no teacher should ever be in danger in an American school. No parent should ever have to fear for their sons and daughters when they kiss them goodbye in the morning. Each person who was stolen from us yesterday had a full life ahead of them, a life filled with wondrous beauty and unlimited potential and promise. Each one had dreams to pursue, love to give, and talents to share with the world. And each one had a family to whom they meant everything in the world. Today, we mourn for all of those who lost their lives. We comfort the grieving and the wounded. And we hurt for the entire community of Parkland, Florida, that is now in shock and pain and searching for answers. To law enforcement, first responders, and teachers who responded so bravely in the face of danger, we thank you for your courage. Soon after the shooter, I spoke with Governor Scott to convey our deepest sympathies to the people of Florida and our determination to assist in any way that we can. I also spoke with Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi and Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. I'm making plans to visit Parkland, to meet with families and local officials, and to continue coordinating the federal response. In these moments of heartache and darkness, we hold on to God's word in Scripture. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. We trust in that promise, and we hold fast to our fellow Americans in their time of sorrow. I want to speak now directly to America's children, especially those who feel lost, alone, confused, or even scared. I want you to know that you are never alone, and you never will be. You have people who care about you, who love you, and who will do anything at all to protect you. If you need help, turn to a teacher, a family member, a local police officer, or a faith leader. Answer hate with love. Answer cruelty with kindness. We must also work together to create a culture in our country that embraces the dignity of life, that creates deep and meaningful human connections, and that turns classmates and colleagues into friends and neighbors. Our administration is working closely with local authorities to investigate the shooting and learn everything we can. We are committed to working with state and local leaders to help secure our schools and tackle the difficult issue of mental health. Later this month, I will be meeting with the nation's governors and attorney generals, where making our schools and our children safer will be our top priority. It is not enough to simply take actions that make us feel like we are making a difference. We must actually make that difference. In times of tragedy, the bonds that sustain us are those of family, faith, community, and country. These bonds are stronger than the forces of hatred and evil. And these bonds grow even stronger in the hours of our greatest need. And so always, but especially today, let us hold our loved ones close. Let us pray for healing and for peace. And let us come together as one nation To wipe away the tears and strive for a much better tomorrow thank you and god bless you all thank you very much
0: all right that's enough the fucking height of disgusting hypocrisy that man quoting goddamn scripture jesus christ
2: So I want to uh, juxtapose that statement with uh, a tweet from President Obama. We are grieving with Parkland, but we are not powerless. Caring for our kids is our first job. And until we can honestly say that we're doing enough to keep them safe from harm, including long overdue common sense gun safety laws that most Americans want, then we have to change. Listening to Donald Trump reminds me with all this domestic violence talk in the news of abusive relationships and the cycles that they talk about that are visible in domestic violence situations. You have the tension building phase, okay, where... Someone starts getting a little pissed off, they start getting a little angry, you start feeling maybe a little unsafe that something about is about to happen, okay, because you're kind of walking on eggshells trying to appease them and make sure that everything stays even keel, and then you have the explosion phase where the violence happens, okay? After that, you enter the honeymoon phase where the apologies come, where the friendly talk comes, where everything's okay again, where you start singing kumbaya, okay? This speech reminded me of, like, the honeymoon phase in an abusive relationship. Yeah. That Donald Trump comes out and starts talking to the kids of America about how he's there for them, if they need anything, and to reach out. Is he talking to the dreamers? No. Is he talking to the kids that receive benefits from the snap program certainly not that he wants to cut and then send a harvest box to filled with items hearkening back to government cheese is that who he's talking to he he wants to be one american family when he goes on his twitter account and attacks more than half the country when he says crying chuck schumer when he's attacking people all the time And then he wants to come out here and what? We're one American family? See, this is why you can't behave the way that you do all the time. Because then you come out and try to do this and we don't believe it. Yeah. It's not believable. We can't accept it. We can't trust you.
0: I'm uh, at a loss. I, I fluctuate between being... Aggressively sad or very, very angry. And I'm sure that's the way many of you are feeling right now. And that's okay. But somehow we need to fuel this, funnel, focus this anger, this grief into action moving forward with our lawmakers Br- brittany and i live in california now where they do have sensible restrictions where our two senators are likely at the forefront of leading of leadership in this in this in this area but if you live in state like Georgia or Mississippi or Alabama Louisiana Tennessee Kentucky Florida Idaho Nevada Arizona I'm not going to go through the whole list but if you live in a in a state with two senators, Or if your congressman is a Republican. Next episode we're going to have some organizations to reach out to. To be a part of. To get on an email list. Start writing emails. Start calling. Donating five, ten bucks to. This ends now. The beginning of the end of this is right now.
2: I want to take a moment to recognize um, Aaron Feiss, who is a football coach, who was a football coach at um, the high school. And when all the chaos was going on, there were reports that a football coach had been injured and many of the journalists were interviewing students and the students assumed that it was Aaron Feiss because of the stories that they were hearing. Um, particularly that he uh, walked toward the bullets and shielded students uh, using his body. Um, and he ended up being one of the ones that was lost in, in the shooting. Yeah. And um, the sheriff quoted here, he said, uh, When he was killed tragically and humanely, he died protecting others because that's who Aaron Fice was. Um, and I think every time one of these things happen, um, there are these people, right? This happened in Sandy Hook too. um, the teachers that protected the students, um, yeah. using their own bodies. And I just want to give him some recognition. Um, Aaron Feiss.
0: We'll be right back. Support for I doubt it with Dalamore" comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and Good-looking listeners like you, by way of Patreon, your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward, one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit Patreon.com/slash. I doubt it with Dollamore. So, before we move on, uh, we do want to recognize some of our supporters, um, Casey. Upped his pledge. Thank you very much, Casey.
2: Thank you, Casey.
0: Dazon, uh, thank you very much for the new pledge. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Uh, We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. Um, I'm not going to do doll democracy. I was going to move in. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. Um, The FBI contradicting the Trump administration on the Porter. Rob Porter timeline relative to his security clearance and his background check. Uh, Trump's lawyer Michael Cohen has now admitted that he personally paid the porn star Stormy Daniels. Um, kind of a follow-up story on some stuff that we talked about a few months ago about the the Trump cabinet and their travel habits, their lavish travel habits, and then, of course, some Russian news. But we're going to... I'm gonna, just going to end, end the show now. We don't have an asshole today, although I think we could all... Uh, make a good choice of who, who who it might be or who they might be today. Um, no specific taking care of biz. We're just going to end the show. It's going to be an early show.
2: If, if you have something that you want to send to us about how you are involved in these issues, um, if you know how to get involved, um, if you're actively doing something, tell us. Tell us what the listeners should know. Um, any kind of activism in this area. If if that's what you do, if that's what you know about, uh, share it. We want to hear from you.
0: And as always, if you have something to say, something to add, you want to help us move the conversation forward, 657-464-7609. Of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone. Always works. I doubt it at dollamore.com. We will see you next time. We love you guys. We're going to get through this.